Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Is Tom Brady the most valuable player in the NFL? And are the Bucs the best team in the NFC? We'll talk to Tom Jones, my former radio partner now with the Pointer Institute, about Brady and the Bucks, And the Gators are back in action after their break from the COVID-19 cases. They host Missouri Saturday night. We'll break that game down, give you some reaction to the first week in the Big Ten and a very, very Tampa Bay matchup in that conference this weekend. We'll talk to Matt Baker, our college football writer. We've got all that and more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, folks, have you checked out the beautiful Breitling Boutique and International Plaza? Do you know? That's only one of 15. That's right, 15 in the United States. That's how lucky we are to have them right down the road. Well, you've got to check out these gorgeous Swiss timepieces. I mean, there is the uh, Chronomat Bentley. Uh, this thing is sensational. It's one of my favorites. Stainless steel. It's got the green face. And then in April, they launched the Super Ocean Heritage, the 57 Limited Edition. Just an absolute unbelievable timepiece. They've welcomed championship quarterbacks and Hall of Famers and boxers as clients, but they treat everyone the same. When you come in. Now, if you tell them Rick Stroud and Steve Bursnick sent you, you'll get a free $60 Breitling cap just for trying on a Breitling watch. You're going to want to try on that watch. You'll probably walk out with it too, but make sure you get your Breitling cap as well. It's Breitling Boutique in the International Plaza. Before we get to Tom Jones here real quick, of course, as we're doing this podcast, uh, actually recording it on um, on Thursday uh, afternoon, it, it appears that... Uh, I think the Bucks game with the Giants will still be on Monday Night Football. At least that's the latest from the Bucks from the NFL. The thing about it is um, there were some some COVID cases or one COVID case with the New York Giants involving an offensive lineman. Some other offensive linemen were sent home. Uh, they had to do uh, sort of the social distancing thing. They're going to do some virtual meetings, and in a couple days, uh, if everything tests well, they'll, they'll probably be back at practice maybe as early as Saturday or Sunday. And, of course, that game is for Monday on ESPN. Um, I've even talked to some network people today. They haven't made any changes. You know, last time, uh, and this happened, you know, with the uh, Raiders in Las Vegas, they were supposed to play a Sunday night game. And because of that Sunday night franchise, uh, they very early banged it. But I think they were very fearful. Uh, The Raiders had not done the right things. They had not worn masks. They had been together. And they were fearful that um, there might be more spread in some of those other offensive linemen. Uh, would actually get COVID, and they might even have some additional cases, which they did at other positions. So this one, not quite as um, reactionary by the NFL. So I think we're still good for Monday Night Football. And the Bucks, by the way, had uh, a member of their football operations staff uh, test positive for COVID, but that individual is uh, really not around players so much. Um, they sent another person who he was around uh, home uh, to quarantine, a number, another member of the operational staff. But uh, everything looks good there. That it, In no way does that affect any of the players. Um, they've done a pretty good job, I can tell you this, from being tested myself every day with the, with the tracing and, and, and the, you know, the GPS uh, technology that we have to wear uh, so they know who's, who's in contact with whom. 
Um, so I don't think that's a problem. But, you know, I just go to show you two weeks in a row, man, you know, um, you're, you're preparing and, and your game could be changed. I mean, we've seen we've seen games played uh, early on Monday at, at 5 p.m. We've seen games as late as Tuesday. It would be really hard. You couldn't move this game to, to Sunday because, you know, they've, all the preparations are, are sort of made for that Monday kickoff. You could move it later uh, on Tuesday. Their bye weeks are not lined up, so uh, most likely wouldn't do that unless they change the schedule of some other um, other opponents along the way. So I think this one is still a go on Monday Night Football, but uh, we'll see. Um, you know, I, I, I know that I know the Bucks are looking forward to playing on national TV. They're playing really well right now. They're five and two. Tom Brady was named the uh, NFC Offensive Player of the Month. Weird thing about that is I didn't realize this, and I've covered the team forever. They've never had an NFC Offensive Player of the Month. Of course, for years and years, the Bucks were known for defense. They've had some of those, um, even a Defensive Player of the Year, of course. But um, Tom Brady is their first Offensive Player of the Month, and it's his eleventh in his career. He, he made it, uh, I guess, ten times, which is the most in NFL history. Uh, when he played in the AFC for the Patriots. So congratulations to Tom Brady, who, of course, uh, lit it up in uh, October, and we'll see what he can do as the calendar turns and uh, they play at the Giants on Monday Night Football. All right, uh, Tom Jones joins us now. And, uh, Tommy, let's talk about this uh, football team. Now that uh, the Rays are done playing and the Stanley Cup trophy is secured in somebody's house, I don't know where, in Tampa Bay, um, there is it's a, in quarantine, uh, I'm sure, yeah. is wherever it is. Oof. Talk about a super spreader, man. Yeah. <laughs> Who was it that uh, Jimmy Fallon, you know, he does these thank you notes? Yeah, yeah. You're you know, right, yeah, they'll, yeah. They'll play, like, the music, you know, right. to, like, the masters or whatever, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. he'll be writing these little thank you notes, and he goes, thank you, Stanley Cup, for being the one trophy that, during the COVID era, everybody wants to kiss, hug, and drink out of. You know, it's like, it's like yeah. the worst trophy ever. Like, exactly. what are we doing? Um, so... Okay, uh, this football team. Yeah, story about a man named Brady. It's a good football team. It's a really much. good football team, and they're you know they're they're heading to New York for a Monday night game, Monday night football, um, against the the German. And so, <laughs> it sounds like a certain radio show. But anyway, they they are uh, they're headed up there, and they're five and two, and they haven't been five and two in a while. But they're not just five and two. They're a convincing five and two. Yes. They're a balanced five and two. Five and they're two, a, I don't know how I'm not sure how they're not six and one, but Exactly. Yeah. Right. Like except for the debacle in Chicago, which no one can figure out how they lost that game was a convergence yeah. of, of you know, whatever. Yeah. Um so and then you have a forty three year old quarterback. And I must admit, <laughs> I've seen some pretty bad quarterbacking in Tampa Bay over the years. Now I know the difference. <laughs> um <laughs> and now I know how really bad it was. Uh this guy's amazing. I mean, forgetting – and you do forget. You forget how old he is, Tom. I mean, I remember George Blanda. Talk about, you know, smoking oh, yeah. heaters on the sideline and stuff. I mean, George Blanda was old when he was young. When George yeah. Blanda was in his 30s, he looked like he was 60. He right? did. And no, was, you're not kidding around. Like, he, he played, he did. He he had played gray into hair his 40s. He, he looked yeah. like he was 62 years old. Yeah, and George Blanda was a quarterback, and then he became a kicker, and then he was kind of a quarterback kicker. And But the point is, is that he's 43 and no one's ever played this long, this well. And in fact, I did a story in the Tampa Bay Times that this is about as good as he's ever played. Like this five-game stretch with 15 touchdowns and one interception, do you know there's only been two seasons where he ever had anything comparable to this five-game stretch? And in both of them, you know what he did? 
He won the most valuable player of the league in both those years. And here's the thing, Rick. It's not like he's thrown like little bubble screens no. and, and guys are, you know, where he's thrown a ball two yards downfield and guys are running 40 with it. No. I mean, he threw a couple long balls. He, and the one long ball he threw last the week. Miller? In the Miller? The end, yeah, the oh one to Scotty God. Miller in the corner of the end zone. Gee whiz. That, I mean, the, and the ball he threw to Gronk the other day, which now Peyton Manning's trying to pass off like he That's wasn't hysterical. trying to throw. That which is, Manning's funny. <laughs> just shows well. you how petty Peyton Manning is. Oh, he's so but, funny. But, uh, I mean, these throws are amazing. And he doesn't look 43 years old at all. And I'm telling you, Rick, this idea of, um, you know, that he might wear down as the season goes along, eh, maybe there's something to it. I also think playing in Tampa, Florida, instead of Boston, Massachusetts in November and December is going to be. It's got to help it's him. It's going to help him, for sure. Yes. But let me ask you this, Rick. Well, now you know more about. It. I haven't been. Fought, I've, I, I've been paying attention to this um, uh, presidential election. <laughs> the last yeah, I've been few following weeks. that more than the Bucks too. But go but ahead. Tell me, ask me this. <laughs> so serious. tell me what changed. I'm sure I don't watch Sports to, Center. I watch CNN. But go a ahead. Ton of, well, I wish I. You know, or Fox. Political. I actually did. I interviewed uh, Chuck Todd a couple weeks ago. We did did you week. really? Yeah, big take for Pointer it was actually a virtual. Now, he cover. is. He is a. Uh, he's an Eagles fan, right? No. Uh, Miami. Big Miami he's, guy. Oh, he's a Dolphins he's from guy. Okay. My, from Miami. Okay. Big Hurricanes fan. Mm. Um, but anyway, we, he even said, he goes, you know, political writers all want to be sports writers, and sports writers all want to be political writers. And I'm like, that's exactly right. But mm-hmm. so. And you've done both. So I've done you, both. You to disqualify I'm, yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, so I'm. Uh, so t- what I thought. Two months ago, last time I heard from Bruce Arians, like, oh, we don't, we don't want Antonio Brown. We don't need Antonio Brown. <laughs> Too much diva. Sudden, Too much diva. Yeah, and now all of a sudden he's he's sending the limo to pick him up. What what gives? <laughs> what what? Why the change of tune here? Um, it's a story about a man named Brady. I know he says it wasn't Brady, but I'm sure it was Brady. Tom, I mean, look, I you know I'm one of those guys. Remember the game when you point the elbow and you'd say something to somebody when they told a lie. Yeah, you know yeah, that yeah. game I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. I would have pointed my elbow when he said that the other day. We were we were on the Zoom after the game. He goes, look, this wasn't about Tom Brady. Tom Brady didn't do this deal. It was me and Jason Light. Okay. Um, Tom Brady has asked, well, let me put it this way. What do you think they would say no to, okay, if Tom Brady asked for it at this point? Apparently nothing. Apparently nothing, right? So, I mean, what happened, what happened was, what I think what happened was go back just a couple of weeks and go back in your way back machine to Chicago, Chicago, Illinois, Dateline. And Mike Evans is out there before the game, trying, trying to run and can't, but he puts on a uniform anyway. Chris Godwin is out. He's out of the game altogether because he's got bad hamstring. Scotty Miller has got a groin. A groin. He's got a groin, a hamstring. Tommy, he's got a groin. That's Lovey Smith, by the way. Yeah. And so, Basically, they're down to Cyril Grayson, who I thought was in a Batman movie. Am I wrong about that? Am I thinking is that like the wrong name? They have Cyril yeah, Grayson, maybe. and then they have um, who was Robin? What was his name? Wasn't Grayson one of the? Anyway, so they have Cyril Grayson, and then they have Tyler Johnson, not the one you're familiar with in hockey, not the Lightning Tyler Johnson. Yeah, but the lesser but they of don't the want Tyler anymore, Johnson. Anyway, yeah, but they have they have Tyler Johnson, who has never played. Right. Okay. No O.J. Howard, right? No O.J. Howard, no O.J. Howard, uh, no Leonard Fournette. Right. Um, no Shady McCoy. Yeah. Okay? Fournette put on a on a uniform, you know, as the in-case-of-emergency-break-glass guy. And they played a rookie running back who had never played a snap in his career in the NFL. 
And then they had they had Jones. And so, you know, they looked around and, and, and not only had these were these guys out for the game, they hadn't practiced, man. Like Evans hadn't practiced for weeks. Godwin hadn't been out there for weeks. Scotty hadn't been out there. So they're just make they're just making this up as they go along and they lose. And they shouldn't have lost and they lose. They had the ball two forty eight, terrible series by Byron, terrible personnel, all of it. I could I could break it down. But that freaked Tom out something fierce. I think I think Brady said, All right, listen, I just left a place that had no players. If I wanted to throw to a bunch of dudes that are getting their first taste of the NFL, I'd have stayed in New England. Right. I thought we we're gonna go try to win a Super Bowl. Now I can appreciate the fact that it's not Mike or Chris's fault they're hurt, but damn it, you gotta get me somebody in here that can play, that I know can play, that I can trust, right? And that's how the Antonio Brown discussion, because, I mean, you, there was no point in discussing him until he was about off his suspension, which is going to be week nine. Right. So you could talk about him all you want to in, you know, in September, but it doesn't matter because he can't come anywhere. He can't, he can't come in your building. But now that we were approaching that, I think what happened was they got really nervous and said, you know, if we lose, if we lose Mike Evans and or Chris Godwin or God forbid both, we're dead. We're not going to win anything. Right. Okay. So they're not that deep at receiver. I'm sorry, Justin Watson is not going to take you to the Super Bowl, right? As good as you might think he is. Tyler Johnson might be a good player down the line, but he's the reason he's a fifth-round pick and, and he hadn't played. So I think they, I think they just felt like – And, and, you and know, so, I mean, Bruce has said it. Bruce calls them insurance. They're on a timetable too. It's not like – It's win now, baby. Yeah. yeah. They're not – as not you buying always green like to bananas. Say, I was getting ready to yeah. say that line because you right. I mean. It. They don't buy green bananas. I mean, they're they're you know they're they're making. I don't know if you've ever made ever made banana bread. You know what you make banana bread with? You make banana. The best banana bread is made with the blackest bananas you ever. The ones you're going to throw out right, and you wouldn't right, even right. think of eating. Right? You take those rancid bananas. You grind them up, Tommy. Because my <laughs> wife does this, and I go, I can't believe you're going to do this. It makes the best banana bread you've ever had. So. They so yeah, it's of, not. They don't have two at quarterback. They're not playing for exactly. Next year. But it's right now, now. It's win now. It's win now. It's win. I mean, the man, the coach is sixty eight years old. How long do you think he wants to wait? So it, it all makes sense to me. It all. I get. I get Except, all that. Except, well, how do you feel about it? Because exactly. Let's face it. Antonio Brown, the last three teams, blew up the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who who he you know eleven thousand yards with right. I can't imagine. Rick, I'm telling you, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now I don't know that Ben's the greatest leader in the history of the world, but. They have a head coach who's pretty good. The people like playing for really him. good. Antonio um, Brown was getting the ball. Was, oh, whatever yeah. the relationship he had with Ben Roethlisberger, it didn't affect Ben throwing him the football. He threw no. him the football. He was on a Hall of Fame trajectory with Pittsburgh for sure, and, and somehow managed to blow himself out of there. Goes yeah. to the and Raiders, they, and 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 before you get to the Raiders, the Pittsburgh Steelers said, "We're going to take a twenty-two million dollar cap hit to get him out of here." Yeah, right. right. Right, twenty-two million. They said, "Yeah, well, it's a big chunk, but you know what? We'd rather have him gone." And right? he, remember so the whole week the seventeen thing? He wouldn't practice. Yeah, all wouldn't that practice. Stuff. Wouldn't play when they're trying to make the playoffs. Not that they were yeah. going anywhere. But right, but he wouldn't even do it. And then goes he goes to, to the, the Raiders, Raiders and and finds every excuse in the world not to play. I got frostbite. I don't like my helmet. Like whatever. Yeah, doesn't blows his show way out up. of there. Yeah. And then goes to New England, right. and. I, no, I'm not exactly sure. Maybe you know more than I do about it. Well, he played one game. Played I mean, one, played I one played game. Played the one game. And then Five he, catches for 53 yards and a touchdown. They Brady beat Miami 45 to nothing. Okay? I, don't know if they got, so, I don't know if they got scared about 
you know what was coming down the well, plate. he got charged. Uh, you know, off while the he was right. there, there was there was here comes the sexual assault allegations. But let me go beyond this. So there's two things. He comes here. I can see this going sideways for two reasons. One, he could do what he's done everywhere else, which is just be who he is, where he, what he's mm-hmm. always been, and blows up the locker room. Or Rick, there's one football. You know, they only can throw to so many guys. Is somebody yeah. going to get irritated here? Is it either going to be Antonio Brown or Mike Evans? Or I can't imagine. I don't know that Chris Godwin's going to. Could could we see a scenario, Rick, where Mike Evans gets his feelings hurt or Antonio Brown gets his feelings hurt because they're not getting the ball as much as the other guys get it? Well, if I'm Antonio Brown and I've thrown away the three chances that I've had already, and I don't know where his mind is at. He was ordered to take counseling, you know, because he assaulted a, a, a driver of a moving van, for God's sakes, and got charged and basically, you know, did a plea agreement. And he, and one of the things was, hey, go figure out why you're swinging at strangers. Right. Um, so assuming he's learned something about that, about his anger, um, and I don't know where this other case is going. It's a horrible case. It's in civil court, not in criminal right now, but right. it sounds awful. Um, yeah, I'm, we're not even like discussing like that aspect. No, of it. but I mean, but he has to realize from a football athlete. I mean, he's 32 years old. He's played one football game in like 700 days. It's a long time if right. you're an NFL player to not play a game, and it's not because of an injury. It's because he's an idiot. Which, but that may be the good thing. That's not. It's not like he's coming back from an ACL or something. Right. Like no, he's physically, and we talked to Bruce Arians. He says the guy's ama- He looks amazing. And one thing we know about Antonio Brown, like he's always like taking care of his body, like to the nth degree. Right. He's, you don't yeah, play he's this a monster long. when it comes to being in yeah, shape. He's, and all that, he's yeah. freakish. I mean, his diet, all that stuff. And they say, and I've heard this from his teammates, and, and you know, look, three of his teammates are coaches on this team: Byron Leftwich, Larry Foot. Um, you know. Uh, well, Bruce who's, the quarter, who's, the, who's the quarterback? You know that uh, Randall L. Antoine Randall L. They're yeah. all on the staff, and, and then Bruce, Bruce Arians knows him from Pittsburgh. Yeah, he he had him his first two years in Pittsburgh. He was his, you know, he was the offensive coordinator his first two years in football. So they all know him, right? And they all liked Antonio enough. They all say he's a monster on the practice field. He works his butt off. But even Antonio has to know one, two, three. Wait, I'm getting four chances, right? And the only reason, and I mean this. The only reason they even considered it is because one guy, one guy who's the most important guy that they got, Tom Brady said, I want him to come in here. I want him here. I want him here. He didn't ask Cam Brate. They didn't ask Justin Watson. Or and I get it. Look, I'm fine with what Tom Brady's saying, bring him in. But and they you- did it. But do you have to, if you're Bruce Arians, are you at all, and I don't know, the coaches think this way, I don't know the... But I just my only the only concern is, is this going to destroy whatever chemistry we do have? I don't Look, know. See, Tom Brady doesn't have loyalty to anybody here, really. No, what do you think I mean, about he it? he's got new friends, but you know, it's kind of like so you got all these. You go to you know you go to a new cool place and you make all these new friends, right? And you're like the new guy, and you're like, hey, my new friends are so cool. I want to hang out with my new friends all the time. I look at me, I got new friends, and then one day. You go, yeah, I like my old friend better. I'm going to bring him in here. He's going to be my new friend. He's going to be my best friend. My old friend is better. Than, hey, what about us? I thought we were your new friend. Like, look, it's human nature, and it's also business. Um, these guys can't throw the ball themselves. I don't care if you're talking. I mean, Mike Evans says all the right things. Chris Godwin's going to say all the right things. From a human level, though, if I'm even if I'm Scotty Miller, and, and you know, I mean, look, Scotty Miller is you know from a small school in the in, you know. 
in Mid-America Conference that, you know, nobody he's literally the only player in the NFL from so he's not from his school. He's he is not going to you know, bowling green guy is not going to sit here and go, gee, I should be playing instead of Santonio. He's just not there in his career yet. Now he's had amazing games and he's done amazing no, things. No, I, I get that. But my concern is Mike Evans. But Mike Evans Mike Evans has a problem right now. They can't get the ball to Mike Evans right now. Right? But because does but does five and two make up in Mike Evans' yes. mind does five and two make up? Yes, yes, it does. This year. You know why? Because they've never won Squadouche. Right. You can go through your whole career and you can have your thousand yards. Mike Evans has had six one thousand yard seasons. You know the only guy to do that? Randy Moss. Who's going to be more famous when their career's over? Oh, for sure. And Mr. Moss. Why? Well, one, he was amazing. But two, we got to see him in the playoffs once in a while. Right? We got to see him when he was the only game in town. I mean, yeah, he was amazing. He played forever and he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, but at some point you gotta play a game that anyone cares about. Right. Well, that's why I say Jerry Rice is the greatest football player I've ever seen, and I'm sure a lot of it has to do with he had a guy played in like a thousand playoff games. Right. I, well, right. I saw him every week. <laughs> Absolutely. And so you you got to think, wow, this guy's really great because you got to see how great he was every week. And nobody knows who Mike Evans is outside of the league. Really, the Bucks are never on. Now they they could find out in the next few weeks. But Mike Evans wants to win this year. Right. Right. He got his money. He's getting paid. He wants to win. He And I truly believe that. He's very unselfish, like anybody will tell you. I think all these guys are unselfish. I think Chris Godwin's unselfish. So they'll accept him. Let me ask you this. Does it matter what your fans think? I know you can't get anybody in the stands. I know that you're down to 15. Well, I think the fans, are all, the fans are all in on this, aren't they? No. Really? Not the one. What, I've now, from, what are they worried about the like the – the off-field stuff, or are they worried about? Yeah, the- well, I think, I think, yeah, I think it's that. I think it's that. Because you know, it's I mean, it's sort of like you know, it was a, it was a good story, okay? When you got a bunch of good football players here in Tampa that can't get to the Super Bowl because they don't have a quarterback. We need a quarterback. We had a guy that threw thirty interceptions and one hundred twelve points off his interceptions. We need a, all we need is a good quarterback. And here comes Brady. He's like, I'll play. Can I play? I'll play here. I'm forty three. They don't want me in New England. I'll play. And you're like. Wow, what a good story. Tom Brady comes to Tampa, a place that hasn't won in 12 years. He's got all these good football players that nobody knows about because they just don't get on national TV. And he's going to take these good football players, and they're going to go to the Super Bowl together. That's the best story. Oh, wait, you're bringing Gronk? Eh, okay. Yeah, cool. Gronk, Gronk's been out of New England for a year. He wants to play again. That's fine. Yeah, you bring Gronk. Come on, come on. And the next thing you know, Leonard Fournette. Yeah, it's, okay. fan, it's a fantasy Leonard football Fournette. league. It's yeah, a- Leonard Fournette can play, I guess. I mean, you know, we got Rojo. I mean, really, Rojo? Like, okay, bring Fournette. So every guy, Shady McCoy, Shady McCoy's Shady. available. Let's get right. You know who we need? Shady. Shady did some nice things in Kansas City. He was on a Super Bowl team. Shady, come on, man. So before you know it, you're like, wait a minute, what happened to our team? Right? Like at some point, your fans are going to go. I think some will. At the end of the day, some of them they, they root for the the you know it's the old not the name on the back of the jersey, it's the name on right. the front of the jersey. Um, but there, but but you went from. Don't ever underestimate the fact that. Fans want to like your players. They want to like your players, right? That's where John Gruden kind of went sideways a little bit because he started bringing in so many different players every year that nobody knew who the players were. How could they like them? They were here a year and they were gone. So, but see, I, don't I think know. fans like to win more than anything else. And if Antonio well, they do. Brown comes in and helps them win football games, I think you don't think cool they'll care. Really, I don't think they'll care because I think that that's the way what it was is, with Jameis because. J- there were a lot. Uh, hold on. James finally left on. town. Everybody was like, oh, good riddance, that guy. Oh, he no, they weren't. Because he couldn't play. No, they weren't. 
Jameis was the most polarizing guy coming in and the most polarizing guy coming out, and I would maintain it was 50-50 at best. You know why? Because they went 500 every year, or not well, even. No, I'll tell you why. It's because of what happened in Tallahassee before you No, he got I here. get that. And, I, and, and I, also, and I, look, listen, I'm on, you know, I've I was from, driving that I've heard from I've heard from female fans about this deal. They're oh, not happy you. about it. Oh, no, There's I've a heard lot of people that aren't happy about it. And a lot of people have asked this question, and I credit Jenna Lane for asking this question from ESPN. She said, Bruce, you've gotten awards from women for equality and, and for you know yeah, yeah. Uh, helping their causes, and you've got two women on the staff. And his answer, I didn't think was that great. It was, well, I believe in the judicial system, and you know, if we're going to talk about allegations, I've had a lot of players have allegations. Let's let's find out what happened, and if he did it, he'll be gone. Is that good enough? No, not really. But I think as soon as he go, catches seven passes for 160 <laughs> yards and two touchdowns, everybody's cool with it. Yeah. I just, well, the only the only thing I'll say is that they structured it such that they're not going to be a team that loses draft picks or money if he screws up. And oh, by the way. There's this thing called COVID. So you know what he has to do? And Bruce said it today. He had sat down with Antonio and goes, here's what your day looks like. You get up, you come to practice. You practice all day. You go back to your hotel or wherever you're staying and you study your playbook. And then the next day you get up and do the same thing again. again. And you're doing that the rest of the year. You're not going anyplace. You're not going to dinner. You're not going to bars. Because if you bring COVID in this building, you know, that's all they need, right? Right. So his life is pretty much football and nothing else. So let's say it works out. Let's say okay. Antonio Brown comes in, works out, he fits in well. I'm right. not saying he's going to catch you know 100 yards every week, but let's right. say he makes. But if it he catches 47 balls in in 600 something yards and about I yeah. don't know six touchdowns, six he touchdowns, gets like yeah. 750 thousand dollars okay. for that. If they but make let's playoffs. say let's say he has that type of season and everybody mm-hmm. stays happy and they're getting the ball to Mike Evans and the right. defense keeps playing. NFC well, Championship game. Right? Yeah, how far do they go? Are they super? Are they a super? Are they the? Are they the best team in the NFC? Because I'm telling Tom, you, I'm watching these shows. I think right now everybody's everybody's all in. All the NFL Network guys and all well, the, everybody's like all in on the Bucks. Yeah, well, it's a it's a week to week league. Okay? Well, because they, of, they, because of their de- it's not so much because they're already sold on Brady. It's the defense that everybody's excited about. Say when you compare them to Seattle and and right, well, well that, Green that's Bay or whatever, you know. Don't you? I mean, who's a more complete football team right now than the Bucks? Right? You would say, well, the Rams had a pretty good night against Chicago, and I know yeah. the Bucks lost to Chicago, and the Chicago went to L.A. and they beat the snot bubbles out of them. And I'm sorry, but Nick Foles is not your best quarterback. No, no, I'm, that, and no. Sorry that Trubisky is your is the choice that you had to make. Um, but that's that's a great defensive team, not a great football team, and, and they have a good record, but they're not going to win the division. I think Green Bay will. Okay, so who's the more complete football team? What team in the NFC? Seattle? Seattle can do some they, things on defense. Can't I just watched anybody. Arizona run up and down the field, and they were they were trailing by 14 with like 10 seconds left. Arizona managed, tried to lose that game. And could, and could. Oh, <laughs> over and over again they couldn't lose it. No. So you're going to give me Seattle. Okay. Maybe in that building. Maybe in January with the place full. Oh, yeah, they can, they can win but, the, the conference. But guess Seattle. what? Even if you have to go on the road this year, there's no fans there. You don't have the intimidating, you know, loudest outdoor stadium in the, in the world type deal, right? You don't have the 12th man. You might have 12 people in the stand. <laughs> That's the 12. I think you're one, two, you three, 12. Guy. I'm the 12th man. Is the, Steve over there is the 12th guy. <laughs> I'm the 12th That's guy. That's Steve, yeah. <laughs> Make some noise. I literally, I literally count them. So, you know what I mean? So that's eliminated. So, like, yeah, 
I'm here to tell you, I've watched this a few minutes. I've watched football for a few minutes, Tom. This is the this is the best team I've seen. I haven't seen them all, but this is the best team I've seen in the NFC. There's four teams as far as I'm concerned. You got the Bucks, the Saints, the Seattle, uh, Seattle, and the Packers. Green Bay. Those are your yeah. four teams, right? That's it. They're the only and ones I, that can win it. They're the only think, ones. You know, and who knows about injuries and all that for the rest of the year? But I, I think if I think Seattle and Tampa Bay would be the NFC Championship game. That's what I would see. Mm. And I think, Could the, be. I think although I think they the just Bucks, lost Arizona, they didn't look too they good did. that night. But I think the Bucks would run up and down the field on. You know. Do you? Yeah, I do. I think they would score a lot of points. Now Seattle have to stop Russell Wilson, but they have to stop him too. But but they could, you know, they could because they trample the crap out of the run, and then you got nothing to do but throw the ball. And if you get when the thing about this, they've started to find their own little formula here. And Tom Brady, to his credit, I look at the first three weeks when they were kind of like he was three touchdowns, three interceptions, two pick sixes. Right, was not impressive. We were thinking like this is Jameis Winston, but that would have been, you know, what that would have been. They call that preseason. Right. Those first three games is what the preseason is really for, right? Trying to figure out, getting rhythm, all this stuff. Since then, seven or 15 touchdowns and one interception. Which is amazing because it's not like it was preseason. When you talk it being a preseason game, it wasn't like preseason with New England where you played with those guys for right. 18 years or 60, whatever Right. It is. This is all new stuff. These were this all new guys. Players. You'd, never play, you'd never put on a, a game no. uniform on, right. with Mike Evans and whoever else. Right. So if you if you look at it that way and you go, okay, so what's happened since he kind of got in a little bit of rhythm and figured out what was going on? Oh, oh, okay, 15 touchdowns, one intercept. That's who he is at a, at a time when everybody said he could do it. And look, the defense, it's only going to get better. If they stay healthy, the back end is really getting good. I'm telling you, one of these two linebackers, it's a shame there's two of them because they'll, they'll, they'll cancel each other out. Right. Devin White's a defensive player of the year candidate for me. That guy's unbelievable, and Levante David might be better. Yeah, he's really good. You know, like he's he's played nine years. So what scares years. you? What's the thing that could could what scares mess, you? What to mess this whole thing up? Injuries. That's all. Yeah. And and offense you know, they, on the offensive line. Like, is the um, offensive line playing better than they were? Yes, they are. Um, they're playing better. Uh, they've done some things. You know, when they go to the jumbo packages, they put in Joe Haig as a tight end because outside of Gronk, they don't really have one that can block. Because Anthony Eclair was gone, and Tanner Hudson and and Kem Brate are, are receivers, so they figure some things out there. Um, yeah, I think what's what would scare you is just, you know, you can't be that team that loses a lot of offensive linemen or a lot of defense. Look, outside that's the only thing that stops that offense is if you if you give pressure you on get, Brady. Yeah, you get you get pressure on Brady. And but I'm, you know, as long as they can just run Brady, the ball, I'm any quarterback in football, right? But if they can run the ball the way they do, and they've been running it pretty good. I mean, three straight hundred yard games, and then last week they kind of split it with Burnett and him. If they can run the ball and stay on schedule, I mean, he hasn't been sacked in two weeks. He's only been touched one time in two weeks, mm. and you know, I've not seen that. And he gets rid of the ball so quick. We knew he was going to make this offensive line look good. You knew that was going to happen. Right. That all of a sudden it's going to be like, whoa, those guys are really good. How that happened. You know, and it's because the guy is not sitting back there holding the ball. I mean, it's out. It's to the right player. It's on target. It's incredible accuracy. You watch him play the position. It's 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 really, it's like an orchestra. I mean, it really is. It's like he just he just never makes the wrong decisions for the most part outside of the two pick sixes early in the year. But like he just he just knows what he's doing before. You know what he's doing before the defense knows what he's doing. He's got the answers. He's got the cheat sheet. It's ridiculous. 
and he still has enough physical ability to do it. Normally, when you get this knowledge, you know, it's kind of like kind of like me. I know how to do my job, but now I'm old. No, it's not like that. It's just usually when no, the quarterback, in the quarterback position, yeah. the game slows down, but then physically they're too old to really, you know, have mobility in the pocket or arm strength. You know what I mean? Like they, they know what to do with the ball. They just can't do it. Um, he can still do it, which is the freakish thing about it. Um, but no, this is – listen – Unless something happens from an injury standpoint, they don't have a lot of outside linebackers. Shaft Barrett, JPP, one of those go down for the year. That that's irreplaceable. They're down to Sue inside. They did make a great pickup with Steve McClendon, who you know isn't Vita Vea, but then again, there's not a drop off between him and and Rocky Nunez Roches. It's just they're about the same guy. So you know you could lose a corner or two that would hurt you. There there there's obviously players that they they don't want to lose. Devin White, Levante David, but. Assuming they all stay relatively healthy yeah. and make it make it to the finish line, I haven't seen a better team because they play complementary. If Tom's not turning the ball over and not putting his defense in bad positions, you can't drive 80 yards on these guys very often. Right. You might do it once a game, and if that. So I'm telling you. Well, that Green Bay game convinced me. I mean, you can look back at the Raider game and say, ah, their Raiders offensive line was... But even even that, everybody. though, man, like that turned quickly. It got to be 24-20, and then boom, all of a sudden oh, they, yeah. they won 45-20. But that Green Bay game to me was... And I know Green Bay has these games where they where they completely they have complete clunkers. It's the oddest thing I've ever seen. Like, yeah. When Aaron Rodgers loses, they lose, man. They lose hard. They fall <laughs> they, hard. It's like a bender. Do. You know, it's like That's a guy right. is like, yeah, no, I've been uh, clean, but oh, no, I had a bad night. <laughs> That's right. He doesn't have like one too many. He has twelve too many. Yeah. That's right. That's big, right. Big tree fall hard. How many fingers, yeah, Pepe? Right. Hey, Pepe. But but I nevertheless, you. I going into that game, I'm like, yeah, I think the I think the Bucks have bitten off a little more. They can chew here. I I, I thought the Packers would win. Well, that yeah, game. and ten nothing. It wasn't even me close. Too, right? They're getting they, destroyed. Yeah, annihilated them. So yeah, that's the game that convinced me. And I look around, and it's funny. There are a lot of good teams in football. A lot of good teams in football. Uh, it's funny when you look at the NFC. I mean, there's some teams that, yeah, I, th- I think the Saints and the and the Packers and the Seahawks and the Bucks are sort of separated themselves from everybody else. But Arizona is pretty good. Yeah. I know Chicago. You know the Rams. I mean, the Rams, Rams are looking good. good. Yeah, um, they got them here on a Monday night, I think. Or and Sunday and uh, yeah, Chicago. I know Chicago's record is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but. And then somebody's got to win the NFC East. Somebody has to. I, I think it'll be Philly ultimately. But yeah, they're god awful. Whoever does, <laughs> that's true. But it's just, I mean, it's once it's you a, get in the playoffs, it doesn't matter. Right. That's what I'm saying. You could, I mean, Carson Wentz could get hot for one game. But I really do. I'm with you. I think the Bucks are. It's fun that they're relevant. You know, it's really fun that they're that Describe that when somebody fun. like Antonio Brown gets comes three years ago, Antonio Brown wasn't coming here. You know what I'm saying? Like right. Now all well, of a sudden, every who thought Tom Brady was coming here? Well, right? that's what I'm. And Tom Brady, somebody made the point. I think it was Bill Simmons. Is like, you know what? Tom Brady should be the MVP of the league, right? As as of right now, not only because how he's playing, but because he brought all these guys in. Like that's who, part of who who would should, be b- besides him? Who would be right now? Seriously, I'm, I mean, I mean this in all seriousness. Like who well, would, who, would, who would lead? Would it be Russell? Who would lead probably the MVP? probably yeah. Although he looked bad the other night. He threw yeah. Two he bad threw three picks. He threw yeah, two of them horrible. Threw it away. The one in overtime was was really bad. God awful. Yeah, um, but I would say normally say I would say Russ. I would have said. Uh, I mean, is Mahomes. Uh, I mean, who's your MVP right now? Right. I mean, now? Mahomes has looked. I mean, Mahomes. Is, I'm not suggesting he's not a great player, but he's he's looked eh, on certain games. 
Um, Lamar Jackson had, you know, last year's MVP hasn't played nearly as well this year, although nope. they're a really good team too. Uh, no, I, I mean, I put Brady right, Brady and Russ in A.A. Ron. I think because he's the best, first of all, we knew he was the best storyline, but the fact that he could leave New England, you have to consider this, right? He leaves New England after 20 years, comes to a place he's never seen before, a new coaching staff, all new players. And he goes out there and he rips it. And he rips it for 18 touchdowns and four interceptions, and, and they go five and two. I mean, if he goes on and goes 12 and four, 13 and three, come on. You know what I mean? He'd go 11 and five as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I'm just saying. But like the degree of difficulty that what he just did. Right for a franchise, which oh sure they've had players, they've also had twelve straight years without going in the postseason. Twelve straight years, and he's going to take this team someplace, regardless of who who is who is here or not. He's definitely, in my opinion, I mean, what is the definition of most valuable player? The guy with the best numbers. Well, he's got that. He's got good numbers. You know, the guy who makes the biggest impact on the league. Well, no one was talking about the Bucks winning the Super Bowl until he signed here. And I, look, I realize you know we always talk about who are the, who's the greatest NBA player of all time, Michael Michael LeBron, Jordan. You know, and and I, the thing I always say about LeBron, and I'm not, I don't want to turn this into like a podcast about who's better, Michael <laughs> or LeBron. But the you thing know, I Pete always admire on baseball should he be in the Hall of Fame? Go ahead, <laughs> <laughs> discuss. <Sure, try> <laughs> Ray Stadium, where should it be? Um, My yard. <laughs> Ten minutes from my house. Yeah, yeah, but you know, with LeBron, the thing I always look back at LeBron was Cleveland was awful. Then he shows up at Cleveland, and they're great. And then he leaves Cleveland, and Cleveland falls off the map. And he goes to mm-hmm. Miami, and Miami wins a bunch of championships. Mm-hmm. And then he leaves Miami, and they kind of fall back for a little bit for a while. Goes back they, to Cleveland. Goes back to Cleveland. They they blow up. They they're great again. They win it. Then he leave, then he leaves them, mm-hmm. and Cleveland falls off the face of the earth again. And he goes to mm-hmm. LA, which hadn't won in a while. Everywhere he goes. Yeah. And I and I, I get it. New England has way more issues than their quarterback, mm-hmm. and they were this season was setting up to not be a good bunch of guys opting out. They're they're in. Come a on, you're, you know where you want to go. Get there. I know go where ahead. I want to go. I'm going to get there. Tom Brady left, and they be, they're be, they've now become irrelevant. They've now become a below average football. Even team. with even with Cam Newton, and 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 Bill, Bill Belichick. Belichick. There you go. So I'm not so, saying it's it's all Brady. It wasn't Belichick. Again, I so think Brady could go. In the Brady could go back. Brady could Jackson go back the Joes. to New England, and I don't think New England. I think New England would be better than they are now. They wouldn't be a whole lot better. They're not a Super Bowl contender. My well, but point, that's that's because to to Brady's point and why he's probably here is that they never got him. They never got him good players around him. Right, like great players, enough great players around. But him. when we talk about most valuable, I do think there's something to the fact that he left. And I know for a variety of reasons they're bad, but they're a bad football team. And he comes here, and they're a really good football team. Yeah, that that to me is value. Well, really yeah, bad. that's value. That's the biggest value that that I don't know what a, you know wins and losses is what's about, right? Exactly. He said today. Today he said and something. Relevancy. Usually, they're relevant. The Bucks are relevant. Well, because he's here. Yes, that's what I mean. Look, if I if I give you you know. You go to your 50th reunion, if you walk in there with, you know, an SI swimsuit model, you're relevant. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, no one's going to stop to talk to you now, Tom. I'm just saying. No, but my point is. That's true. He, he is, you know, he is the best story in the NFL. It's the best story in the NFL. There's not a better storyline than this. And, and the fact that in, the Patriot. He's going to play in the Super Bowl in his own stadium. 
in front of he's, 11,000 he's people. Nut, it's going to be awesome. That's right. A screaming crowd. What about that, by the way? Yeah, you just – I read your story today. Was, How bad is it? What did – think about what Tampa Bay has lost. Okay, now think about what they've lost. Well, here's the thing. Has, yeah. team, has there ever been a community that lost money hosting a Super Bowl? Because you're about to see one. Right. You're about to see one. Tom, corporations aren't going to come here. The only thing you can hope for Hotels is this somehow gets booked. them another Super Bowl. That, know? you just hit on it. Bing, 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 bing. The NFL is going to make it up to them at some point. But do you think they will? Do you I, think don't, say, I think they will, but really you have to get in line they, because Vegas is getting one and L.A. Well, is getting yeah. one. So you're, and, two, you're talking 2024 right now if they gave you the next one. Right. The next one that's up and for bid is 2024. But here's the thing. Or do they look at Tampa the way a lot of people do, which is they're a great city if you need an emergency place to put a, right. put something. They're the backup In other thing. words, <laughs> yeah, L.A., the stadium. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love, my, the girl, yeah, exactly. <laughs> It always comes back to that. But the whole thing was is that, you know, L.A. Stadium wasn't done because there was too much rain and the mud and whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, Tampa will take it. They'll, they'll do a good job. Let them do it. And then when this happens, of course, something always happens when they put a Super Bowl in Tampa. When this happens, do you really think they're going to go or are they just going to say, ah, this is perfect. If ever there was a Super Bowl that we didn't have to worry with, that, that they can take it on the chin, that no one really cares. Tampa. It's the one that we gave to Tampa. This is perfect. You know? Poor let Rob them, Higgins. Them... Oh, man. Oh, I know. I well, got here's the thing, though, Rick. I got a isn't statement this, from Rob. Isn't this crazy? It's a cra- What a crazy year, man. This, is the, this could be. Not could be. What am I saying? Could be. This is the greatest year in the history of Tampa Bay sports. And Already? I mean, we had a team won a, won a championship and another team they had one go to a World Series. And another one's going to make the playoffs for sure and may go, and may I go to so. their championship. I think so. For the first time in 12 years and has a chance to go to the championship. Yeah. The greatest season in the history of the and greatest nobody year can in the history go. of Tampa and, and nobody, nobody can, can go, go any any of the games. Right. Not that we're not that we're throwing it back. I don't think Victor no, Hebbins I don't it think Victor Hebbins saying that you know what, don't put my name on the cup. We'll we'll wait. No, he like, no one's saying right. that. But, but it is the most Tampa thing ever. <laughs> Isn't right? it though? It's the most we can't have nice things, Tommy. That's what you I can mean have nice say, things, but not that nice. But you really can't have them. Yeah, you can, you can sit down, don't put your foot on the chair Exactly. Don't put your feet up. Right. You can have it for a day. Leave your you know shoes what I mean? on. Like you, <laughs> You're not staying right. long. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I once, this is a true story. I once, um, I don't know why this becomes a romantic thing with me all the time. I, I once got invited to Thanksgiving dinner with this young lady who I liked. And I thought, man, this is it, right? She's taking me to her family's house. Thanksgiving dinner. Like Thanksgiving in Bardmore, like some nice country club, like her you know, her family had some money. You had to put That's on not, a shirt with buttons. And everything. I had to have a shirt with buttons and a jacket, right, wow. for Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. I'm in, I'm in high school. I'm like a senior, I think. And put on so, the Old Spice, you're all set to go. Yeah. The high karate. Yeah, Vitalis or whatever the hell they put in your hair. I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, they literally had like a bottle of oil that they used to put in their hair. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Um, so anyway, I'm all, you know, and I think, well, I got to get it. I got to get something like i have to have like flowers or i gotta have like a gift of some kind i don't know what i got i got something box of chocolates whatever box yeah some damn thing and so i got all gussied up we went place was amazing food was amazing sat at the table big family you know Uh just kicking it right mom's talking about uh you know roosevelt's wife i can't remember what it was it was like a scene you know that i've seen before somewhere yeah anyway um and then Thanksgiving dinner ended, and I thought, okay, 
So we'll probably go out in the back and smoke some stogies. Why not? You know, like something's going to happen here, right? Some brandy. She said, okay, I'm ready to go now. I said, wait, what? Wait, wait, what? Huh? What? Yeah, um, me and Elaine, and my friend Elaine, we're going to a movie. So will you take me home so I can meet Elaine to go to a movie? I said, you mean me, you and Elaine are going to a movie? No, no, my girlfriend and me and Elaine are going to a movie. That's what we do on Thanksgiving. Minus Rick. Hold, I was a plus hold the one. Shroud. I was a plus one. <laughs> then I became a minus one. And I was not, home. Not, not, so you weren't really so much her date. You were the Uber driver is basically what it sounds like. <laughs> That's it, babe. You got it. I was transportation. If they had Uber, she'd have had to decide whether to tip me or not. You were free Uber. You didn't yeah. have to pay. Yeah. She didn't even pay you. I was Uber pissed. I can tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> there was no doubt about that. I got back to my house so early that my family had just started dinner. <laughs> like, so that's what like, you're saying. That's this is the Tampa. That's your version of the Tampa Bay 2020. Is that's there? what 2020 has. It become. sounds like a good deal, and it was at least you got. Did I take this analogy a little too far and make it about me? That's yes. That's a great but story. The whole though. point was I never heard that story. story. I never heard it's that a story. True story. All those years yeah. on radio, all the years I've known you, I've never. I heard the story about the, your girlfriend. Breaking up with you on the same day your dog died. I remember that story. Oh, yeah. That was a country music song. And my best friend broke my nose on the right. same night. That so was I, the I remember one. that story. And I remember yeah, I told that one story. on the air. I shared yeah, everything. You've told it on this podcast, but I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I've never heard the, the Never uh, heard that story. I won't say her name. She's, um, unfortunately, she she's passed away. It was. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was really sad. But, um, and a good, great family and everything. But it, w- it was. It was truly like, my family looked at me when I walked through that door like, what happened? So what'd you, know? you do? I sat down and I ate again. What did you say? Did you? Yeah. No, I was going to say, what? I they said, looked at you the like gravy. I know. No, no. I was going to say, you're home so early. Like, what did you do at their house? Like, oh, you, yeah, I know. Did you burp or chew with your mouth open or what? Like, what happened? I, I tried to figure it out for a long time and I realized that. Did you ever that see I, her again? Did you ever go I, out with yeah, her? Yeah, kind of. I, I was just eye candy, is all I was. She needed a date. So when she needed family. a ride, you saw her again. <laughs> hey, I need to go to the ball. Right. Drop me off. It's no, I like you boys just fine. Every time we go to war, I give you give us a ride. Yeah, that's, right. that's, that's kind of how I felt. Okay. But um, yeah, so for those of you guys out there that get to cheat and you just text people and you have the swipe left or right, see, it used to be really hard back in the day. And I know there's a few of you listening, but um, but yeah, that, that's 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 what this 2020 sports year is like. It's like, hey, you get real excited, you get all dressed up, you get to what, and you can't go, you can't go anywhere. But you know what? These like, games on TV have been fun. You know, oh, it's, it's weird now. We're taping this on the first night without baseball. Without any sports. How about no that? Hockey, there's, there's no hockey. There's no sports on tonight. And I don't think you could say that since like whenever they started planning it. No, I think you're right. I mean, we went for a while where there was no sports on and we never knew. There might be a Premier League game. That would be about it. But I mean, remember the MLS time, is like, playing. Oh, okay, MLS. There you go. Okay. Right. Remember well, like, or, like we were like. All of a sudden, like we were watching Korean League baseball, it was like the greatest thing ever, you know. Oh yeah, and now and then when everything like, started up, I went and I went and bought three TVs. I mean, like I had to have three a night because it was the NBA. It was oh, I know, you know NHL hockey, playoffs, everything NHL play- up, yeah. yeah. So, but it's been rough. So speaking of rough, uh, as we type this podcast a week from now, or what will be, I less guess, than a, a little less than a week, a little yeah. less than a week, five days um, when you're listening to this. There's a thing called an election. Speaking of three um, TVs, gee whiz. Ooh, yeah. How you? First of all, you, you work for the Pointer Institute of Media Studies, so you do a newsletter, um, and on Pointer.org, and so you 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 do a lot of analysis of people who do analysis. In other right. words, you do you do a lot of media, 
um, I guess. And um, the coverage of the election. And you know what I, you know what I'm tired of. You can use this in your notes column if you'd like to. <laughs> this is the most consequential election of our lifetime. That has been so played, and I'm not sure I even disagree with it. I'm just like you're tired of hearing it. Yeah. I was listening to. Uh, they'll play on these, you know, history channels where they were playing the like 19, what was it, 76 Carter versus Reagan de- debates or something like that. Mm-hmm. And somebody said, "In what is the most consequential election of our lifetime?" Um. But no, there is a lot at stake here. And so, I mean, what do we expect? Because well, see, that's the thing. The thing. I've, I've been talking to a lot. I talked to, had a long conversation with Chuck Todd last week on for, I think Chuck, I did for I'll pick up that name. Hold yeah, on. Me, let, let, me get, let me get that one from me. But I've been talking to like ex- executives from, from all the networks. And, and here's the thing, Rick. They're preparing for every scenario there is. They're preparing for, we Civil might have war. A, we might have, <laughs> don't count that up. We uh, they're preparing for we could have a winner known by midnight. Yep. Uh, we might know at two in the morning. We might know at noon the next day. Mm-hmm. It might take a week. It might take a month. Like they are like literally Bush preparing. Gore, right? Like hanging yeah. chads and stuff, right? They're re- literally preparing for every possible scenario. Most seem to think, and again, it's very. We won't know until Tuesday. Most people I talk to have the general sense of we may find out before. Before the next morning, you know, we'll find out overnight. Two a.m., three. Two a.m., three a.m. We could. Well, first of all, just just the way. See, I never understood it. Like the states, obviously, are in charge of their own elections, so each state has to tally its own votes and however they do that. And I know there's all kinds of lawsuits and things about, you know, and and you know, Trump has said I I need to know that night. If we don't have a winner that night, then that's on America. That's I think it's against the law. What's not against the law? A lot of states spend days counting votes. However, here's what I never understood all that well, and you can help me with this. I know what exit polls are, right? Mm-hmm. Exit polls are where some new organization or poll company stands outside and say, how did you vote? And who'd you vote for? And what was the most important issue for you? And are you yeah, yeah. educated white? Like, you know, so they break stuff. But those are exit polls, okay? So how does CNN or one of these news organizations, how do they get to the map and and get tallies. You'll see a board with actual numbers on them in Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean those numbers are actual votes being tallied. Yeah, those are they are be, so those are yeah. actually counted votes by that state that they somehow have have then got access to. Yeah, exactly right. So and, okay, so that's what that map is. They're actually state to state polling information mm-hmm. of votes. You know, actual from votes different counted, precincts yeah. that have counted. Okay, right. And so and then usually it's the Associated Press that will call. An election, and and then everybody goes off of that. But, I mean, really, Rick, this election, we could, um, I mean, we could look at the maps, we could do all this stuff. It's coming down to a handful of states, you know. I mean, right as it as it did last as it as did, it last, did time. last time. So it's going to come yeah. down to because it's the electoral college and yeah, yeah. Pennsylvania. Yeah, so we, Florida. I mean, you know, who, you know, you know where Biden's going to win easily. He's going to win California and New York, and Trump's sure. going to win a bunch of the South. But really, it's going to come down to Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Florida, Arizona, mm-hmm. you know, the same as it does every year uh, right. or every election. And I think if 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 the if the gap is big enough, and this is something that and I will pick up the name again. Chuck Todd, um, he, he brought up the other day, if if we see sizable wins by somebody in, in certain state? states, in, like, oh, a, certain like states. a Pennsylvania, like Pennsylvania is really key. Like if Biden were to win Pennsylvania, uh, I think I that's going to be close, though. Even it might if, probably will be, and it might be close enough that we're going. to. But if it's not close, 
if it's it's definitely decided. If it's trending heavily on, it's trending on, heavily one, on side one side or the other. We, that's why we could know earlier. But, than, but let me ask later. you this because I don't know how it's going to turn out, obviously. But, like, okay, Nobody, the last yeah. time Michigan and Wisconsin and Pennsylvania that that, that, that what is usually a blue wall got cracked by, by yeah. uh, Trump, winning very narrowly in those states. So if if – if just those states, right? If Michigan turns blue, if Wisconsin turns blue this time, yeah, and you're down to just Pennsylvania, um, even with Florida, North Carolina, and some of the states that he's, that that the GOP won last time, is it is it then is it, it just comes down to Pennsylvania, or can it, or, or is there I don't another think it's path? Come down to just Pennsylvania. There's a path that it's a path that that. Like, for example, Trump needs Pennsylvania probably more than Biden needs Pennsylvania at this point. Right. Although I think I saw a stat the other uh, poll the other day where that if that if Trump loses Pennsylvania, his odds of winning the election are like two percent. Mm-hmm. Whereas if Biden loses it, they're like 30 percent. Now, it's not like that it's means not great, now Trump has a 70 percent, but it means the odds yeah. of, you know, aren't, aren't nearly as bad. So, again, it, it's all about paths. It's all about. Yeah. Um, state just, to state. State to state. Yeah. And it's. um but I'm telling you that it'll be. I expect to be up all night Tuesday. <laughs> I don't. I can't. I can't imagine we're going to know at ten o'clock like we've known. And you know, there's been times in the past. I think, you know, and what happens like from an electoral standpoint? Um, let's say these states they never really declare who the winner is, right? That's that's like a projection by right because news usually because can, they're still and, counting votes. You, you know, I mean, technically you don't know who wins the state really until there's a hundred vote, hundred percent of the votes. Or the right. precincts counted, but we know like we, there's been times in the past, like I think back to like when Romney and Obama um, were against one another, that like for example, Romney was winning certain states. You look at the map, like wait a minute, he has more votes, and they were already projecting no, he's going to lose that state. Because yeah, yeah. The, the, because the the votes hadn't come <laughs> in yet from. From certain cities. counties or certain cities, counties or certain cities where you knew they were going to be heavy. So what if a candidate in this case, either one of them for that matter, just says, I'm not conceding. I think oh, that can there's happen. still a there's still a chance. Here's the greatest. You, in other words, do you have to concede as a candidate for no. there to be a transfer of power? Remember, or? remember Gordon, remember Gordon Bush in 2000 when yeah. Gore conceded. And then called Bush back and like, I changed my mind. I take it back. I take yeah. it back. And Bush is like, you can't do that. And Gore's like, oh, yes, I can. Um, the biggest, I mean, the, the big fear that can happen um, this time coming around is that, and let's face it, it's going to be, it most likely it would be Trump doing this. And Twitter's already prepared for it, is that Trump would, would see certain states and think that. Trending his way. Trending his way. Would know declare himself full well, the victory. Declare himself the winner. Like, yeah, I just won. Mm-hmm. I won Pennsylvania. I won Florida. Thank Maybe you. Before. Your president is grateful. I'm back for four more right. years. And he just yeah. tweets it, and so it he, must be true. Right. And so, and then when he ends up losing those states, say Phil, say Phil, all the Philadelphia votes. When the votes in, do or, come or in. Or the votes or the mail-in ballots are then counted or whatever. Now it's um, rigged. Absentee ballots are counted. Now, now it's rigged. Right. Now, see, I told you they were going to steal it from us. That's, but I, I already the social media companies apparently have a plan in place where they're not going to let anybody basically declare themselves the winner, you know. So, oh, really? So, you yeah. can't tweet that I won? They're going to they can try, but I, I think Twitter's you're going to, so you're telling me that, that POTUS's Twitter account is going to be taken down by Google or, or by Twitter, whoever they say he, they have a plan in place to make sure that doesn't happen. We'll see. Do you now believe that, it? Yeah. Who knows? Plan in place. I'll tell you, man, it's twenty twenty. It's twenty twenty, man. Oh my god, that sounds Anything so dangerous. But There's it should a be a lot of fun. Place. 
Yeah. Well, figuring out figuring out who the best team in the NFC is way easier than figuring out who's going to be the next yeah. president of the United States. But we can project that right now. The <laughs> NFC. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, the Tampa Bay Bucks. I think for now, but it's you know seven games in. If they lose to the Giants, all bets are off. That's the kind of league you're in, right? Danny Giants, Dimes got no chance. Danny Dimes has uh, scored more. Has scored 21 points one time all season, right? That's that's like their max, right? One mm-hmm. time. I mean, they don't score. They beat Dallas when they scored like 32 or something like that. Yeah, of mm-hmm. course, yeah, 32. Yeah, that's they, like who they, that, that. That's like 17 against any other team. 32 yeah, Dallas. Yeah, exactly. So I don't see how the Bucks lose up there on Monday Night Football, but that's why they play the game. That's why right? they play the game. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's been fun, Tom. Thanks for joining me the last two nights. You can check out uh, Tom's uh, newsletter, daily newsletter, and uh, register for that on pointer, P-O-Y-N-T-E-R dot org. And uh, you better get some sleep now because I have a feeling you're going to be up for the next week and a half. I know. Monday Night Football, I'm going to stay up and watch the Bucks. I, I have to take a nap and then uh, because I'll be up all day Tuesday, too. So. <laughs> all right, man. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, man. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. We'll talk to Matt here in just a minute. Before we do, hey, good luck to uh, your Tampa Bay Rowdies. They host Phoenix in the USL Championship. That's at Al Lang on Sunday night. So, Champa Bay continues, even though the Rays didn't bring home the uh, hardware. Yeah, but that's uh, uh, three championships for... that the uh, Tampa Bay teams have been in, and you know, hopefully the Buccaneers yeah. will be the fourth when they go to the Super Bowl in February. I don't think there's any question about that, is there? I mean, I think that's that's the ca- the die is cast. You got the here. MVP. You yeah, got the Tom best Brady. team in the NFC. I mean, <laughs> best defense. Yeah, I mean, come on. I don't even know why they play the games, to be honest with you, but they're going to. But yeah, no, Champa Bay is. Uh, He's going to light it up. And I know there's a lot of, I mean, the Rowdies do a good job. There's a lot of people that uh, love watching them down at uh, beautiful Isle Lang. Should be a good weekend, nice cool evening. So go out there and check them out on Sunday night and I've missed, see if they can uh, win I've, it. I've missed taking my boys there. I usually go to at least a game or two a year with them. Mm-hmm. They love playing soccer, mm-hmm. so they love going to the, the Rowdies games. I've missed that this year. I missed well, baseball and hockey and all that too. But yeah, uh, the Rowdies games, we, missed we always a lot. enjoy ourselves. Yeah, we've missed a lot. That's for sure in 2020. <laughs> That's just the way it goes here, man. But, uh, hey, the teams are all playing well, so this is just another one. All right, Matt Baker joins us now. And, uh, Matt, we got lots to get to. Of course, the Big Ten, uh, all the action there, some COVID stories, uh, to say the very least. One right here at the University of Florida that's back in action this week hosting Missouri. What do you think the Gators have learned? There's There's been some other programs, obviously, that have had to uh, shut down, miss miss a game. Um what what do you think the lesson, if any, anything they can glean from uh, from having to to be out of action there? Yeah, I, I think the, one of the interesting things, and thanks for having me on, Rick, is just how they structure their return it is something that I think is going to be interesting. Um, you know, Dan Mullen is tight lipped about just about everything, especially this year, and has been tight lipped about pretty fair, reasonable questions about what they were doing differently, um, just in terms from a practice perspective. But look, the fact is they have to ease back in um, just because the rules are such that after 
Now, somebody who tests positive, they have to ease back in. I think it's a it's a four day reacclimation process before their their full go. We don't know exactly how many uh, people have been out uh, at practice this week in terms of the players. I would be stunned if they were at full strength. I mean, I, I guess I can say it better than that. They're, they're not going to be at full strength um, just because we know in the last nine days or so they've had six more positives. And given the, the extent of the outbreak and the way it all shook down, uh, I'm not expecting them to be at full strength at all and, and maybe not even close to it for, for all we know. So that's going to have a major effect on how they shape practice. And then that's going to have a major effect on, on how they do in the game. Um, you know, I, I looked at a handful of some of the some of the other schools that have dealt with similar situations like this. Um, I found seven other programs that at one point, at least seven programs since September that shut down um, for, because of outbreaks and for ex- different periods of time. And most of them didn't do particularly great in the return, but Appalachian State is one that did. Um, you know, they they were shut down for I think it was 17 days. Came back had. Uh, we're able to prepare to uh, beat your beloved Arkansas State Red Wolves pretty handily. And Ouch. if you're if you're a Gators fan looking at it, the, one of the commonalities between those two is they both had pretty veteran teams that have had a lot of success in the past. So they were able to kind of weather the storm of this really weird situation where you're not practicing, you're all separate doing your own thing. So if you're looking for a, a positive outlook on, on this really weird situation that, again, I have no idea what's going to happen. That's the comparison to use. Yeah, Arkansas State, who had beaten Kansas State, had Correct. a bunch of out, outbreaks, and they did not handle it very well, and it certainly turned around on them the wrong way uh, pretty fast. Florida, you know, um, seasons sort of have momentum, and, and uh, you can certainly lose that. And like you said, you don't know exactly which players will be on the field or not. I got to imagine it didn't help them that they couldn't get the taste out of their mouths of what happened, which seems like a long time ago against Texas A&M. Um, just what, what is a restart like? I mean, is it, um, you know, is it like you're starting all over again, you think? Or do you, were they able to do anything football-related, um, whether it was virtual meetings or whatever, to kind of keep, keep things as normal as possible without actually being on the field? Yeah, so they were able to Zoom. Um, the, the players who were all healthy and, and, and all that stuff, they were able to Zoom so they could do something. Um, it was actually kind of interesting talking to some of the players this week. Uh, Kyle Trask would, like, throw around in, in, the, in the yard with, uh, with his girlfriend. Uh, Malik <laughs> Davis would, like, set up a chair as a quarterback and then practice running this way and doing this and that and the other. And um, oh. a linebacker, James Houston, would use, like, a garbage can to put a ball on it. And that's how he would practice some of his ways to get off blocks. So mm. everybody was doing their own thing as they were physically able to do with whatever stuff they had handy. It's honestly like what kind of happened in March and April and I guess some of May, um, except this was a shorter period without less time to kind of get ready for that. And then, oh, by the way, Missouri was still practicing. They were still in their routine. They beat LSU uh, a couple of weeks ago, then beat Kentucky uh, when they, they Kentucky only ran 36 plays against them. So, that's a pretty big disadvantage, and, and I don't know how that exactly is going to shake out. Um, to, to the other part of your question on what is this like, there's no good comparison to, to, to what this is like. Um, somebody asked Mullen this week if it's like starting over. He's like, no, because we already played a couple games. So it's okay. It's not a new season. Is it a bowl week? No, it's not a bowl game because then they have you know all that uh, all those extra practices where they're getting ready for it, and this they. 
They come back on, on Monday to play on Saturday. Is it a bye week? No, because during a bye week, they're still able to do some amount of, of practicing and what have you. It's just focus on fundamentals, self-scout, mm-hmm. focus on us, that sort of thing. So there's not, in terms of like a normal season, there's no comparison for this. This is a pretty much only in 2020 weird thing that only a handful of schools in the country have really dealt with something like this. So there's not a there's not a playbook. It's just a you figure it out. I mean, it's like this whole stupid season and this whole stupid year. Just, you know, build the airplane while you're flying it. So that's what the Gators are doing. <laughs> it's a good analogy. I, I, yeah. Uh, Missouri, um, as you as you mentioned, maybe not expected to do a ton this year in the SEC, but defensively it looks like they have some things going. So, I mean, what do we expect in, in this game? Yeah, I have no idea what to expect. Um, I, I, I mean, I just, I just don't. Um, the Gators are the more talented team. Usually in football, especially college football, the team with the most dudes wins. It's pretty sure. simple. But we don't know how many of those dudes are going to be playing. We don't know if any position groups are particularly uh, have been particularly affected and will be particularly affected when they uh, release the unavailables list at uh, 731 on Saturday night. Um, I don't know about the timing of the offense. Um, you would think that would probably be pretty okay. Just because again, these guys have been in the system. They know what to do, but you take somebody out of rhythm, out of routine for two weeks, try and throw them back in. That's going to be weird against a very, you know, a a good defense that, that played very well against Kentucky. So I don't have a good read on this. Um, I think the Gators will win, but I don't think it will be crisp I, I i'm expecting a slow start for florida and then the question is going to be how quickly can they recover and how big of a hole if any did they find themselves in early on and, and let's not forget too the fact that they, b- before this happened go back a couple weeks the gators defense was awful like as bad or worse than it's been since world war ii so while we've been focusing on, on covid me and then the other writers in our conversation Let's not forget this gaping major hole that the Gators have to figure out, uh, and they didn't have a, a, the last couple of weeks to really be able to do anything on the field to fix it. Let me ask you this, because the, the Big Ten obviously came back. I want to get your, your thoughts about about that. And, and of course, um, yeah, no sooner did Wisconsin play a pretty good game and, and look like they have a quarterback, they have to shut it down. But the thing about the Big Ten with their rules, which is different, I would assume, from the SEC and others, is that you're talking about 21 days. I mean, this seems like an awful long time uh, in, in, a, in, a, in an already abbreviated season. I mean, so what, is, what is the ripple effect of this, do you think? Yeah, so the, it, 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 to just explain that, when, when somebody tests positive, they're out for at least 21 days. And you're right, that is different. Um, the SEC, it's 14 days, I believe, or maybe it's 10, and the contact, the quarantine, it's 14 days. Anyway, it's it's longer in, in the Big Ten, and the Big Ten is, is kind of the most uh, careful or strict, I guess, depending on what word you want to use, um, mm-hmm. with that. And, and I think there, there's you know a couple of reasons why. Um, the biggest is we got to go back in time to was it July or August when other conferences said we're still going ahead. And, you know, the first, you know, the MAC and then the Big Ten and, and Pac-12 said, eh, we're not going to do this. And then as they started thinking, maybe we can do this. They had to figure out what the presidents who initially said we're not comfortable with it, what would make them comfortable with changing their mind a couple weeks later, a couple months later, whatever it was. And I think part of it was putting these stricter things in place 
so that they do have more time to observe the, the, the players to make sure that they're healthy. Because, you know, there's still a lot we still don't know about this stupid virus. And some of the, the long-term health risks, and that's, that's obviously one of them. And at the time, the, the myocarditis, the, the heart issues were a major concern. I saw something from NSI the other day where, based on what we've learned in the last couple of weeks, couple of months, that's not as big of a concern. So maybe the Big Ten can look at that. I, I don't think that they will. Um, but I, I think it's just one of those situations. E- eventually, Rick, we're all going to, you know, once this, this dumb thing is over and things get back to whatever the normal is going to be, we're all going to sit down and second guess what the SEC did and the Big Ten and the NFL and MLB and, and, and whoever else. And the, the big answer is nobody had any idea. We were all making it up as we went along. So it's easy to second guess, but I, I don't know that I can fault the Big Ten for, for their decision and how it is either. Just the unfortunate side effect is, yeah, Wisconsin's without their quarterback, who looked really freaking good, by the way, against Illinois uh, for, for three weeks. And, and they've lost one game and might lose more. And a, a Badgers team that at least was going to potentially make it to the Big Ten championship, if not have a chance at the playoff, is now not going to be in that conversation. What your thoughts on the other Big Ten uh, games? I mean, Ohio State took care of Nebraska, of course, and, and Scott Frost. Now his team doesn't have an opponent because they were supposed to play Wisconsin. Um, and, and uh, well, we'll start there. I mean, Ohio State, look, if they play six games, eight games, I don't care what it is, that still looks like one of the best teams in the country to me, uh, Matt. They'll have to do the work, obviously, and, and Michigan and them will get together probably at some point. But pretty good start for uh, for the Buckeyes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I watched kind of the start of that. And, oh, maybe Ohio mm-hmm. State is beatable. I, mean, I think it was 14-14, and then Ohio State's like, oh, yeah, we're a lot better than these guys. Okay, we're done. And they just kicked the crap out of mm-hmm. Scott Frost Huskers. So, yeah, Ohio State's really good. It's, they've, they've been really good. They are the one recession-proof program in college football. Yeah, I, I haven't seen – I thought early on, really maybe even going into the season, and eh, that's not true. I thought early on this year, it's Clemson, Bama, Ohio State. Those right. are probably going to be your three best teams. I thought for a while Georgia maybe instead of Bama. But So as we sit here now, Clemson, Bama, Ohio State, those are the three best teams in the country. Pick the order mm-hmm. you want. Mm-hmm. Whatever, I don't know the fourth team that's going to be in the playoff. Doesn't matter because those are the three best teams. Team X is going to get destroyed because those are the three best teams. And Ohio <laughs> State's still in there with a chance to, to win it all. Barring... COVID craziness or whatever else could happen in this crazy, crazy year. Yeah, and uh, I mentioned Michigan only because the Jim Harbaugh's uh, pretty dominant win uh, for them over Minnesota, and it looks like maybe they have a quarterback. Yeah, Milton looked good. Um, I'm still tapping the brakes a little bit. You know, they they, they looked very impressive. Uh, I thought pretty much all over the field against Minnesota. Um, I'm tapping the brakes because maybe Minnesota's not that good. Um, I, I still think Minnesota's got a good amount of talent, so I'm less, I don't think that's the reason. I think Michigan looked good. I don't want to take anything away. I just want to see more, um, based on what Harbaugh has done over the years. I'm, I'm still in prove it mode. So I want to see more from them, but Hey, a heck of a start for the Wolverines. No question. What I don't uh, get is how Penn State can lose to Indiana. Of course, you know, that play, um, hoping the guy doesn't score. Then we saw it again in the Atlanta Falcons game. That was a weird one, but I, I don't know what it is, man, about Penn State. Every now and then they, they trip over their own uh, their own mistakes. It just it just seems weird to me. 
Um, I guess I'll I know what it is, there. Rick. Well, I do too. <laughs> actually, actually, I do too. I'm being kind to their head coach, who I think is the worst game day coach for a big program in America. He can recruit like crazy, but man, there always seems to be some calamity on the field. You know, they're, they're, coaches have to do so much. They, they really do. Uh, as college coaches, they, they're building the program. They're, they're leaders of men, they say, and they have to recruit and they have to figure out the infrastructure and this is how it flows and hire assistants and, and all that stuff. And Franklin is really, really good at, at, at that stuff. I mean, he's a great recruiter. Yeah. He, he built, he built Vanderbilt into a, a successful program. Uh, we, we think Penn state, they're a blue blood. They should always be good. He inherited a mess from the Sandusky uh, era. So sure. he, he is a, he's very good at all of those things. What he is not good at is what to do on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he He's just not the, the the body of work speaks for itself with some of the decisions that get made in terms of when do you go for it, when do you not go mm-hmm. for it, when mm-hmm. do you kick a, the extra point, when do you uh, go for two, when do you or how clearly do you yell? Do not score a touchdown right here. <laughs> do not score a touchdown. <laughs> that type of stuff. And this isn't the first time he's made you know kind of big head scratching mistakes like that. And I don't mm-hmm. think it will be the last. So. It's <laughs> you. You think at some point, and it's not just him either. By the way, there, there's lots of college coaches and NFL to some degree who I don't yeah, think yeah. are the best X's and O's making the right decisions on, on Saturdays or Sundays. And mm-hmm. you almost think they should hire somebody to say, "Hey, this is what you should actually do." No, kick the extra point here. No, no, go for two because there's too many that leave points on the field. And uh, I guess yeah, you could go. Kevin Cash and Rays and maybe take it too far, but there, there's decisions that are made that are head scratching and aren't putting his team in the best position possible. Um, I think Dave Aranda, what he's done at Baylor so far has been kind of similar in some ways in terms of when to punt and when not to. And I mean, that's the commonality with, with Penn state. It, they, they have, they have the talent, they have the program in place. It's making the right decisions on game day and they haven't. And it cost him uh, on, on Saturday. Can, can we talk about Indiana now? Yeah, absolutely. You can in a, in a kid that's uh got some local ties it's not just a kid who's who's got some local ties um and my my game day guide which will be online friday morning and saturday's edition the the tampa game of the week is indiana and rutgers which is a crazy thing to say but i'm i'm (laughs) i'm 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 encouraging people to watch rutgers football god what am i doing But, but Greg Ciano, man, we didn't I, see enough of them. <laughs> it's it, it's 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 bad. I'm gonna yeah, it's bad. Um, but look, Indiana is a, a a fascinating team with all sorts of local angles. I mean, Tom Allen, the head coach, got his start at Temple Heights Christian, which isn't even a school anymore, in, in wow. Temple Terrace. Coach at Arnwood, an assistant at USF. Um, Michael Penix, the the quarterback, started at Pasco, Tampa Bay Tech. Tampa guy who makes one of the the greatest plays in Indiana athletics history. Um, Wong Fillier, the receiver who caught one of those touchdowns late, Tampa guy, Plant High School. Leading tackler in that game, uh, Micah McFadden, Plant High School. On and on, that is a Tampa team that had one of the biggest wins they've ever had. And and to me, again, I've said this before on here, that's the stuff I love about college football, where you have this team that's not used to to the big games and the big wins, and they go out and do something awesome like that. And then then on the other side of this, this Tampa matchup, Rutgers, which has been so, so very, very bad. Uh, they lost 21 uh, Big Ten games in a row. And then Greg Schiano, Bucks guy, 
uh, in his first game back at Rutgers. What does he do? He goes out and beats Michigan State uh, in, in his debut his, his, uh, of the revival. So give, give him credit for that because I thought Rutgers was going to go winless this year. And, uh, you know, a bunch, bunch of Tampa storylines in the uh, Indiana Rutgers game. And this is the only time we should ever talk about Rutgers this year. I apologize. <laughs> well, hey, um, <laughs> not often the Indiana Rutgers matchup gets a lot of attention, but if you're going to give it to them, you should give it to them from here uh, in Tampa with that many, that many ties. Um, you know, there's a, a team up there. There's a couple of them um, in the AAC, not USF, who was off this week. Let me ask you this. Is there a chance, a chance that a non, non-Power 5 team, and I don't know whether one of these would qualify for it or not, could sneak their way high enough into the polls that maybe they would get some votes for a Final Four? But uh, Cincinnati and Memphis, this is a pretty intriguing game right here. If it's going to happen, I think it has to be Cincinnati. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Cincinnati is good. Like, their defense is legit. It's, I don't think it's Georgia caliber, but they have right. a very, very good defense. They have a talented quarterback. They have good backs. They're a good team. Uh, every bit of, you know, they're, I think they're, they're seventh in the country. Um, I had them eighth in my rankings. They are every bit as good as that and, and totally deserving there. Um, the, the win they had 42-13 over at SMU the other night, that was huge. SMU's a good team. They've got some dudes. So then you look at Cincinnati's schedule the rest of the way. Memphis is not as talented as they were last year with Mike Norvell, but uh, Brady White, their quarterback, I, I think he's literally like working on his PhD at this point. He's been around so long. Um, they've got him. They've got some players there. Memphis is a solid, at least top 30 team. Then they've got Houston, which is, again, a solid, maybe top 40 team with a good quarterback. Uh, they still have UCF later in the year. They have t- at Tulsa at, at the end of the year. Tulsa, has a, you know, they've looked pretty good to me, too. So there's enough wins on there. There's not star-studded wins, but there's enough solid wins in there. Or if Cincinnati starts looking even, you know, keeps playing well, looking impressive, uh, maybe beating Memphis by by, by a couple scores or, or, or three or four scores. And then you add in weirdness elsewhere, Oklahoma State losing maybe this week to Texas, in a game that always has weird special teams and just weirdness. Um, the Pac-12 knocking itself out with a short schedule. You could talk yourself into a way for Cincinnati to get in the playoff. I'm not saying it's going to mm. happen, but... It, there, there's there's a there's a feasible path there. Interesting. So, what are the games? Are there anything else that uh, you'll be paying particular attention to um, this weekend? Uh, UCF Houston is one. Um, if you like exciting quarterbacks, that's a good matchup. Dylan Gabriel at UCF is, I think, his nation's leader in, in total offense. Uh, Clayton Toon, the Houston quarterback, uh, is the first Cougars passer since Case Keenum to have four straight three hundred yard games. Um, mm. you know, I, I think it's, it's, it's interesting because, uh, obviously Derek King was a star at Houston left for, for Miami. And then everyone's like, well, what's going to happen with Houston? Houston's been okay without him. They've got a quarterback mm-hmm. too. So I think that might be one of those weird situations that a transfer, a new start is working well for everyone. So how about that? Um, two other kind of off the radar games I'll, I'll shout out here. Um, Boston College, Clemson. I mean, Clemson's awesome. Clemson's is almost certainly going to win. But Jeff Halfley, a former uh, Bucks secondary coach, he has done a fantastic job at, at Boston College this year. You know, a, a program that hasn't had a ton of success. They've always been in the 
lower middle class of the ACC. Right now, they're four and two. Again, I'm not expecting them to beat Clemson, but they they deserve a shout out and, and uh, you know some some attention. And then the other one, uh, again, this is way off the beaten path. Nevada and UNLV. Do you know who uh, UNLV's coach is? Do you remember this one, Rick? No. Uh, you, you know the name Marcus Arroyo, who was the, oh, uh, yeah. the Bucks former play offensive caller. coordinator. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. When when Jeff Tedford was was in and then out, and Marcus Arroyo was right. the, the play caller for the year. He's uh, done a good job in his uh, college career. Now is the head coach at UNLV, looking for a win one, which maybe it's a winnable game against Nevada. So those are kind of the the off the radar weird ones this week. Yeah, those you you you've already um you know. You dropped Greg Schiano and Marcus Arroyo on me. I'm having sort of MRSA flashbacks right now. This is not, this is not good <laughs> oh, no. for my. Where's Josh Freeman, by the way? Is, is he somewhere? I don't know. Last time I saw him, he was trying for the uh, Canadian Football League. It's been a few years ago, and um, decided not to make that a go. So, hope he's doing okay. I'll get you out on this one because I don't know if this is a story or not. But you know, people are going to talk about it. Trevor Lawrence. Is he hedging on leaving Clemson, and, and is this about the New York Jets, or is it about he's just having a good time in college, and maybe he'll be like Matt Leinart and just stay for all four years? I, I think it's a little bit of just kind of hedging his bets a little bit. Um, I mean, in this mm-hmm. weird year, you can never rule anything out. I, I think he sure. enjoys being a college student at Clemson. I yeah. mean, Clemson is not Alabama, where it's all football all the time. It, it's it seems it's just a different feel, a different atmosphere. And I think he enjoys it. And, you know, there's a, a nice um, college bubble at Clemson. Um, you, you look at potential uh, rule changes where uh, name, image, and likeness, maybe he could start making some money off that at Clemson. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, of course, you, you, you look at uh, he'll be the number one pick. And do you, does anybody want to go to the Jets? No, nobody wants to go to the Jets. <laughs> I don't want to go to the Jets. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I think there there might be some of that in the mix as well. And, and maybe there's a way he can say some stuff to make some doubt creep in. And the Jets, if they continue to, to suck, which they will because they're the Jets, maybe then he can force a trade, kind of um, Eli Manning it. I, I don't know. I, I just think it, it was it was kind of one comment on, on him saying, yeah, maybe I, maybe I won't leave. Um, trying to be a good teammate or whatever. and But then again, I did not think Travis Etienne would be back at Clemson either. I thought that was, I don't want to say silly for him to return, but that was surprising that he chose to to come back, especially at that position. Um, and I, I'm sure he's having fun and helping himself and has a chance to win a national title. So who, who the heck knows? I'm not reading a lot into it, but yeah, I'm saying there's a chance. Yeah, I look. If I'm a running back, I I don't know that I want to subject myself to more hits that I'm not getting paid for. That's just me. The quarterback thing, uh, in particular, I I've never understood why more players that are going to be drafted number one or maybe even number two, but number one for sure, like like a uh, you know like a Trevor Lawrence, why you wouldn't just tell the team if you don't like them, whether it's the Jets or the Chargers or whatever, I don't want. I'm not going to play for you. I'm coming out in the NFL, but I'm telling you right now, you can draft me. I will never play a down there because ultimately, even if they do draft you and they want you to play and you know, they can't sign you, it becomes a Bo Jackson type situation, but nobody's going to do what the Bucks did and hold on to him until he goes and plays baseball. I mean, at the end of the day, they're going to trade that pick. They're going to get tons of compensation for it and you'll go to a better team. And don't you want to go to the better team or at least, at least not that team. If, if it's the jets or somebody that you really don't feel is a good organization. So I, I think these players are going to learn they got a lot more 
um, sort of clout and a lot, uh, you know, a lot more leverage than maybe they realize. I, I just, you know, because what's an NFL team to do? Yeah, you, and you certainly might be right. I mean, I think one of the things, one of the lasting lessons of this year is going to be that college football players found their voice. And they did, yeah. In, in a lot of different ways. And I think you're right. The NFL aspect of it could be one. Um, mm-hmm. It would be interesting to see in that scenario whether the Jets would want to take Lawrence or say, you know what, if you don't want to be here, that's fine. We'll take Justin Fields and you drop to two and lose however much money. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because there, it's not like, I mean, sure, but it's, don't neg- it's negligible even. Yeah, it's negligible even for the money from one to two. I mean, it, it, because because there's a rookie salary pool, right. it's not like where they used to guarantee sixty million dollars if you were the first pick overall. And some people that means something too. I want to be the first pick or whatnot. But yeah, between one and two, are you going to lose that much? I mean, on your second contract, if you're any good, you're going to get paid. And, and a little secret here is that the better team you go to, probably the better performance you're going to have over the first four or five years so there's that but yeah it's just it's just curious I mean I thought I thought a lot of it's probably just rhetoric and and we're way far away from him having to make a decision maybe not that far um but man he's playing really well Clemson's very good and I'm with you if Alabama Clemson and Ohio State aren't there then you know then then something happened but um those are certainly uh, look to be the three the three best teams. So you'll be all over the Florida, Missouri uh, game. And uh, we'll get to read about that in the Tampa Bay times on tampabay.com, as well as all the other college football news. He's Matt Baker and he does such a good job for us covering college football. Thanks, Matt. We appreciate it. Sure. Thanks, Rick. My thanks to Tom Jones and Matt Baker. Hey, enjoy the college football Florida back in action against Missouri. And we'll preview the bucks and giants on Monday night football. And remember, folks, go check out our friends at the Breitling Boutique. This thing is beautiful. There's only 15 of them, and it's located in International Plaza. Go in there. Try on one of these gorgeous timepieces. You're not going to regret it. And if you do, just for saying that uh, Rick and Steve sent you, they're going to give you a beautiful $60 Breitling cap when you just put on one of these gorgeous watches. But I've got to warn you, you're going you're gonna to want to buy them. See, that's the whole hook. These things are, are absolutely beautiful. You'll walk out with one. I guarantee it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Monday. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great weekend, everybody. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. Mm. 